0: You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 47 with Steve Addison. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I am so excited to have Steve Addison on the line today. Steve is the author of the book, Movements That Change the World, and he has his own podcast at movements.net. If you connect with what he's sharing here, I would recommend that you check out his podcast. Okay, Steve, I've given just a little introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and your ministry. We'd like to get to know you personally.
1: Well, thanks, Brian. Um, well, I'm a, a husband of Michelle and uh, four grown-up young adult children. They're all uh, uh, in Melbourne, although we've got one in Hong Kong, and we, uh, we're we based here in London. And uh, as you can tell from the accent, I'm an Australian, um, and we've been heading up a, a mission agency called MOVE uh, for about, I think it's about 20 years now. Hmm. And our primary focus is uh, disciple-making, church-planting movements. And uh, so that's what we're engaged in. We still have team members on the ground in Australia and in uh, different places in Asia and the South Pacific. Um, and, yes, I've written a couple of books, uh, movements that Change the world and uh, what Jesus started. So that's a little bit of background, but uh, what I've done or what I'm engaged in. Um. yeah.
0: Okay. Now that we know you a little bit, can you share with us a scripture or maybe a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you and then how that's really shaped your behavior?
1: Sure. I, I, uh, a lot come to mind, but one, one particular one was, uh, Jesus challenged to his disciples when he was, uh, calling them. And, uh, I see it as a, um, a command and a promise. Uh, commanders, come follow me, and then there's this promise: uh, I'll teach you how to fish for people. I'll teach you how to catch people. And um, I'm, I, I guess, for many years involved in missions, but always felt like, uh, you know, it's just I'm, I'm, I'm the catalyst, the motivator, the trainer. Um, I'm not going to be involved in uh, fishing for people directly, and um, and uh, you know, I, I began about five years ago to take Jesus' promise seriously, that he was my teacher, and uh, it's really had a change. You know, I, I was following him, but I wasn't claiming that that promise, that uh, it's his job to teach me how to, to make disciples.
0: Excellent. Now, Steve, as we get started, we know a little bit about your motivation and a little bit about how you've connected with this scripture. Now. And one of the things that helps us connect with people is the challenge, because challenges are common to all people. As we get started, we'd like to hear about a time in your journey when you encountered some kind of challenge or failure, maybe a time when your back was against the wall and you needed a breakthrough, or maybe a time when you were praying for somebody else that, that needed that kind of breakthrough. Can you share with us that that time, that challenge in your journey, and then what God did in and through that?
1: Sure. Well, it it relates to that 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 experience of discovering that Jesus was my teacher because uh, about six years ago, um, I have a, growing up, had a recurring issue with depression and always been able to, I, I, I can hang on and survive, uh, keep functioning, those sorts of things. And it wasn't the whole story in my life, but it was a recurring, you know, part of my life. And um, about six years ago, I, I, I couldn't, just struggle on, Um, and uh, I had to take some extended time out, about six months, and sit down and talk to some professionals, and get some medical help, but it really was a major life crisis, Um, and in that time, you know, in the fog of it all, you really question uh, God, you question yourself, Uh, I really questioned, you know, what my life had achieved, and whether the, the visions and dreams God had put on my heart um, to to reach our nation of Australia to multiply uh, disciple making and church planning movements, whether I was ever going to see those sorts of things happen, and um, the the key turning point was was sitting down. I was actually with a psychiatrist, Christian psychiatrist, and uh, uh, lamenting these things and uh, looking for some sympathy. Instead, he just uh, opened the drawer of his desk and pulled out a little pocket New Testament and started uh, reading the verses about the love of God. And he said, you know, there's no guarantee in this book that you're going to have a legacy, that you're going to reach all your goals, that you're going to do this and that, but here's the guarantee I'm going to give you. And that was a major turning point um, that, uh, you know, this was about, in one sense, losing everything and yet, really gaining uh, Christ, gaining uh, that strong determination that, you know, I'm, I'm on this planet to, first of all, love and serve God, uh, regardless of outcomes and successes or how I feel, and embracing that. And once I came to that, I mean, at a much deeper level than ever before, you know, as God began to rebuild my life, um, the byproduct of that was Amazing fruitfulness in disciple making in my own life, and in uh, our organization as we realigned our, our workers in the field around um, you know some pretty simple hands-on stuff that we were going to do to go make disciples and uh, and then uh, multiply and train others in. So we would see movements and. Um, that's where that verse, you know, come follow me. So I was learning to follow in the really dark times, regardless of success in life or ministry. And But then the promise, a byproduct of following Christ, surrendering to him, is the discovery of his ministry in me and through me to others that, that will lead to people coming to know him and the multiplication of disciples and churches. And that's been our journey ever since. And we're, we're seeing everywhere we look, we see fruitfulness now in, 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 um, in the work that he's called us to do.
0: Wow. That is, that is an amazing story. Now, Mm -hmm. just as we all have these challenges, we're going to go ahead and move to the other end of the spectrum because we also have those moments of revelation, whether it's what we think of as a shaft of light experience or maybe as God reveals to us that he's actually been doing something in our life for some time. And it just takes a little while for us to catch on. Can you share with us one of those experiences where God revealed something to you?
1: Well, it, uh, you know, it really came out of um, that difficult time and uh the revelation was about jesus ministry through me his his promise to teach me how to fish uh and perhaps with that came steve you don't you don't need to pray anymore <laughs> you don't need to study anymore you know i'm teaching other people about the principles that uh, very sound principles uh you well you don't need to do any more research steve um and this came through michelle where she said, Steve, you've written a great book, um, but and this was the Lord speaking through her. She said, uh, when are you going to do something? And what was missing was not, you know, do I love God and I know he loves me? Do I have his power? Do I have the gospel? Um, you know, what was missing was obedience. And so we just did what I was telling everybody to do in my books. We went out prayer walking looking for a person of peace, uh, Luke 10 person of peace, a responsive person. And I just got back out in the community doing what Jesus did, which was uh, looking for people who are ready uh, to uh, to hear about him and respond to him. First time we did that, God opened the door, led us to a uh, person of peace, and uh, that opened a whole network of relationships where, where uh, you know, a ministry was started and people started coming to know Christ in, in ways we'd never seen before in our lives. So that was a revelation that what was missing for me was just obeying the commands of Jesus um, and letting him do the work as I stepped out of the boat.
0: Wow. That, that is an amazing story with that. We would like to go ahead and move to the present day. We'd like to hear a little bit about maybe what's going on in your ministry right now, or maybe something that's exciting you that you see coming in the future.
1: Mm, yes. Well, I think one of the exciting things is, you know, we've just arrived here in London, uh, five months ago. And, um, wherever our workers are with move, um, you know, South Pacific, uh, northern India, um, you know, somewhere in Australia or in London, you know, we, we just go out and we connect with people every week. We just go looking for persons of peace. Um, often, um, you know, we, we'll just start with, hey, if God could do a miracle in your life, what would it be and how can we pray for you? And we pray for needs in people's lives, either friends or strangers. We don't mind. And then out of that, we just ask, hey, right now, are you, you near or far from God? Um, so that sort of grassroots work is going on, but we're never going to reach, uh, you know, a nation like, uh, Britain with 80, 80 million people. I mean, just around us here, there are just tens of thousands of Bangladeshi Muslims that, and, and they're not coming to Christ. Uh, or, you know, nation of India with one, 1.1 billion, I think it is. So we need to be practitioners, but at the same time, we need to be training and mobilizing others. And wherever we do that, just with simple skills, how do you pray for a need in someone's life and transition to talking about are you near or far from God? How do you share your story? How do you do a discovery Bible study with someone who wants to learn more? Those sorts of simple things we, we teach people to do. And the amazing thing, you know, we, we did some training up in Leicester, uh, you know, a couple hours north of London. And within a couple of days, uh, we're hearing back, you know, we met with that couple for marriage preparation and I led them both to Christ. And now we're discipling them. Or, you know, I caught up with that old friend and I shared my story and they want to know more. And now we're meeting for Discovery Bible Study. So what we're learning is wherever we train and people are quick to implement and obey, the gospel gets out and we're beginning to see disciples made. And so I tell pastors, stop uh, exhorting your people to share their faith. Uh, start training them how to do it. Start training them how to make disciples, and and when they follow through, you'll you'll see almost immediately people will start coming to know Christ. Wow,
0: that's that's really powerful. That last uh, that last statement: stop exhorting people to share Christ and start training them how to make disciples. That was. That was that was amazing to me. I do have to admit I haven't yet read your book, so I'm sure that that's something that, that's already in there. Am
1: I right? Yes, and uh, especially uh, movements uh, that changed the world was before I started doing this stuff, but I'm telling the story of people who do those things. So all right. the key principles are there. What Jesus started is saying, hey, but... Principles aren't enough. we are got to roll up our sleeves and do some simple, practical things, um, and so we look at how Jesus trains the 12, what Paul did, but then we look at stories around the world of where this is happening and then make the application to our own lives and ministry. And the recurring message is we just need to do a few simple things, but they're simple but profound, so Discovery Bible is studies are, are simple. You know, I can teach someone in 10 or 15 minutes, um, but because it's so simple, it's contagious. So a new believer can do it uh, with with someone who's not yet a believer. But it's profound because we're looking at stories from the life of Jesus and they're alive and they're powerful. Because simple's not enough. Simple and profound. So, a few simple and profound methods and habits will will discover that uh, you know God is able to work through us, whether or not we have any gift of evangelism. But it isn't just evangelism. This is about multiplying disciples, groups, and churches. Um, so, all of our method methods have to be simple but profound.
0: Wow, that's great. And that, that actually leads kind of right into the next question. Um, we, we know that not everybody is called to vocational ministry, but we mm-hmm. know that everybody's called to be a disciple. Our audience is primarily made up of people here, who live here in North America, but are operating in the marketplace. They care about missions, but they are not necessarily called to full-time vocational ministry what would you say to someone who is called into the marketplace and now they're starting to wonder if what they're doing in business really matters in the kingdom?
1: Sure. Well, I, I met with some, uh, you know, a group of, uh, three or so people just the other night and we just started training. How do you share your story? How do you uh, do discovery Bible study? Cause their focus is, uh, the workplace. And, um, and so, I think one of the things you've got to do is you just go back and, and say, you know, was the Great Commission given to missionaries or evangelists or pastors? No, it was given to every believer. So that's the prime directive. Wherever we are, or whether we're in the marketplace or, or in the playgroup, because we're a mum with, you know, young kids um, or in the retirement village, um, this is the prime directive of Jesus to his followers. Go and, go and make disciples. And, you know, by baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything he's commanded. And so just start learning some of those skills how to share your story, how to do discovery Bible study, how to pray for a need. Um, you've got to be sensitive in the workplace or wherever in the schoolroom or wherever it might be. But you will have opportunities to minister to people there and um, to teach them how to follow and obey Jesus. And that's the prime directive. I mean, we've so broadened mission. I talk about getting lost in the missional fog. Uh, We've made it such a vague concept that people don't know what to do on Monday morning. Um, So you need to get really clear about that um, in terms of the world in which God's placed you.
0: Wow, that's great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Steve. With that, I would like to go ahead and skip ahead just a little bit and transition to the speed round. This is where I get to hit you with a series of questions and you come back at us with your short answers. Does that sound like a plan?
1: Sound, do, do I win a prize at the end? Or?
0: Uh, no, I, unfortunately, no prizes. You're, you're actually the first person to ask that, though. So.
1: All right, I'm up for this.
0: What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's going to sound funny, but how hard it is and how good God is. And I think I was always thinking, is there something, you know, why is it so tough? Why can life be so tough? Um, and to realize, you know, until Jesus comes back, we this is a this is battle we're in. So we, we are in a war zone. Now, that's one half of the equation, but the other half is just how good God is. That's what I'd say. Okay, oh, this okay. is a speed round, so I better be quicker with mine. My-
0: <laughs> yeah. Looking back over the years, what's one thing you wish you would have done differently?
1: Yeah, I think I wish I'd been quicker um, to obey Christ's commands to make disciples and to be engaged personally in that work.
0: What's the best advice
1: you've ever received? A guy called Bobby Clinton or Robert Clinton was talking about conflict. He said, it's not what you do in conflict, it's who you are.
0: That's great. Can you share one of those, maybe a personal habit that you believe strongly contributes to the success you've seen?
1: Uh, I'd say the habit would be... um, For a first portion of day, I just uh, sit with God and wait on Him, and I study the Scriptures.
0: And do you have an Internet resource that you use and could share with our listeners?
1: Not quite an Internet resource, but especially, I know some of your listeners are on the mission field, uh, but a bit of technology that's been wonderful for me is um, I've ripped up all my books and scanned them through a Fuji Xerox scanner, Snap Scanner, uh, which does OCR, and I've got my library um, in the cloud, and either I can read it on an iPad or a laptop or on a phone. So I don't have to cart books around the world. Um, so that's that's been great. And, of course, I also use Kindle on the iPad. So now my library um, is 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 all electronic
0: excellent and what's one book that you would recommend for our listeners
1: I think in terms of uh, the lifelong formation of a leader in terms of who they are and what they do that nothing beats Bobby Clinton's uh, the making of a leader okay in terms of uh, you know hands-on the making of disciples and disciple making movements probably uh, the uh, T for T uh, Discipleship re- Revolution by Yin Kai and Steve Smith.
0: Okay, and for those who are listening, if you're driving to work or you're working out or cooking dinner or something right now, you don't need to worry about writing those down unless you're able to. Especially if you're driving, we don't want you doing that. So you can stop by the show notes, and I'll have links to those books, um, and that the show notes will be at engagingmissions dot com slash Steve Addison. Now, Steve, I'd like to go ahead and transition back and go just a little bit deeper for a couple of more questions, and then we'll, we're we're just about done. What would you tell someone who's living in, in the U S or in North America? And they look around and they realize that their neighbors or their coworkers are from a country where the, the, what we used to consider missionary territory.
1: Mm. Well, it's, and it's going to be an increasing experience, um, You know, uh, so some of my friends in the U.S., they're they're targeting cities that are becoming minority-majority cities. So the majority of people um, are from ethnic minorities, and it'll be everywhere from Nepal to the Kurds, uh, from Iraq or Turkey to, um, you know, Iranians. Uh, I'd say um, there's nothing better because... Here in where we are in London, you know, we, we'll meet ten cultures before before lunch, and ten different languages. Uh, we've found you don't have to be an expert to get started. All you've got to do, you know, there's some universals. Just knock on the door, make a friendship, but very early on in the relationship, flag that you're a follower of Jesus. Uh, don't don't leave it six months. Um, you know, do it as soon as possible, and you can do that by say, is there anything we can pray for you? And you pray for them, and then ask them, are you near or far from God? Uh, or if they're a Muslim, you just say, well, who, who is Isa or Jesus to you? Tell me a bit more. Uh, is this something you'd like to learn more about? Would you like to look at some of the stories about uh, Jesus in the Injil, in the New Testament? You can do some of those things if your focus is on Jesus. Your focus is not on, have I got to win an argument against a Muslim or have I got to convince a Hindu? You don't. You have to present Jesus and let them discover him for themselves. So we stay right away from debates and arguments. I mean, they have their place, but not, not with your neighbors. And we often lead, as Jesus did when he went into a village, praying for needs and then following up with, uh, you know, a parable or a story from the Gospels and, and just see, does somebody want to learn more? And as much as possible, do that in their home. Because uh, you look at the instructions in Luke 10, and uh, Jesus said, uh, go to their home, eat their food, look for that person of peace.
0: That's great, Steve. And I think probably just one more question. We're we're just about done. Uh, What's one last piece of advice you might offer to our listeners? And then if we can, I'd like to offer a way for people to get in touch with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Okay. The last piece of advice is um, no matter how tough it is, uh, just remember The one reality you have is that Christ suffered and died for you on a real cross, you know, real flesh and blood, and he rose from the dead. And if that's true, then nothing is too good to be true, you know. And so you might be going through a tough time in ministry or in your life. uh, Look to him, and uh, he is faithful. God revealed in Jesus is faithful.
0: Okay, and is there a way for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah, the uh, best place would be to go to movements.net, and you can uh, send me an email through that site and connect with the podcast and the books and a couple of books I've written, and also the the um, the blog posts will all be about movements. Okay, yeah. So that's- it's movements.net.
0: That's great. And I would also like to echo that. Uh, the first episode I heard was a, a few, well, about a month ago. And I really enjoyed hearing what God was doing here around in Memphis, Tennessee, which is a few hours from where I live. Uh, I thought that was wonderful. Steve, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate your time and your generosity.
1: Thanks, Brian
0: that's all the time that we had with steve addison i'm so glad that we were able to connect across the multiple time zone and all of the miles it was great to hear the stories of what god's done in his life If you connected with Steve's story and you'd like to check out any of the resources that he mentioned, perhaps the couple of books that he mentioned, you can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash Steve Addison or slash 47 as in episode 47. And to you, the listener, whether this is your first time here or whether you've been coming back and have been subscribed for some time, it means a lot to know that you're here. My hope and my prayer is that we're meeting your needs, that you're receiving some insight or some inspiration or some knowledge that you need, perhaps an answer to a question or the the strength from God to face a challenge. You know, as we do these interviews, it's our voices, but we hope that the real voice that comes through is God's voice speaking to you what you need from him. If this is your first time, but you did connect with Steve and you'd like to come back and hear from the other uh, interviews that we have, you may want to subscribe to the show. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. That way, every week when we publish a new episode, it'll be right there waiting for you to listen to. And also, if you did connect with the show, or perhaps if you have a question... You can always leave a comment in the show notes at slash Steve Addison. Or if there's something a little bit more private, you're definitely able to send that to me at feedback at engagingmissions.com. All of those emails come directly to me. I read them all myself. And if there's something that I need to respond to, I'd be glad to do that. You know, one of my hopes is that your needs are being met, whether it's through the show or perhaps if you have a question, if I'm able to answer it, that would mean a lot to me as well. Just to know that God is using me to meet your needs. And then also, one other Another thing that would really mean a lot to me, and it, it might be fun for you as well, is if you enjoyed the show, it would mean a lot if you'd stop by iTunes and leave a rating and review. Those ratings and reviews not only help and encourage me, they help me know whether or not I'm meeting your needs, uh, but they also help other people find the show and they also help other people know why they might be interested in the show. So if they happen to see it in the library at iTunes and they think, hmm, what's this engaging missions thing about? Your rating and review might be the thing that has helped somebody understand whether or not they would be interested in this show. You know, I know that this show isn't for everybody, but my hope and my desire is that we will connect to all the people that God would have us minister to. And if you'd like to be a part of that, if, if you have something that you'd like to share, you can do that. Again, at feedback at engagingmissions.com. And finally, thanks so much for being here. I, I know I said it before, but it really does mean a lot to know that you're here, to know that God is using us, me and Steve, and the other missionaries that we've interviewed to minister to you. This has been the Engaging Missions radio show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.